third down and 20. What is going on? Welcome back. Episode 49, the Big 4, 9 to 3rd, 20 podcast. We have a special guest, Mr. Dan Lukowski of 4K Sports. What is going on, Dan? How are you doing? We're doing great. We're looking for some some NFL insight for the upcoming season. Yeah, well, topics on the screen. We got Mr. Steed here, and obviously myself. We're doing AFC North over-unders to start, and we are starting with my Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers season over-under is currently at eight and a half total wins in a 17-game season, down an entire game from last year when they they had, like, what, 12 wins last year? And now they're – now we're at eight and a half. You know, what the hell happened last night? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to see. But, I, I mean, are, you just want me to jump in and give you what I think? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Because, Why don't you just kick it off? I I'm, I actually like the Steelers a lot. I'm going to take the over. Um, of course, y'all started off, what was it, 11-0 and 0 last year? Yeah, 11-0, and 0, and then it just went to shit. Yeah, but like you know, big reason why is like you lost lost Bush, you lost your linebacker, you know, you lost some other pieces, and the offense really could never like get going. It seemed like you would either have drop passes or like a non-existent running game. I think now with Deontay Johnson, because I still think he is like hasn't reached his full potential yet, could really break out this year if he doesn't drop the pass. You also get Juju back; that's another weapon. And Big Ben, coming off the injury from previous year, gets a full year under his belt now in the regular offseason. I kind of like him to max out on that. Plus, you get Najee in the draft. Who, I mean, I think one of the better backs in this year's draft, obviously he was number one or number two for me, but just also being a threat in the passing game, I think that's also huge for Ben, utilizing, utilizing the running back in the passing game. And I, I don't I, – I'm not finding your defense to really drop off a step here. You still got playmakers all over the field, Mika, TJ Watt. Yeah, he lost, lost Bud Dupree, but I think he's easily replaceable. So I'm taking the Steelers to, you know, have a winning record this year. I think it's kind of asking – How many wins are you putting him at? How many, how many wins are you thinking? I, I would give him 10. I, I, 10, 10 or 11 to 6. That's where I see him. What's the confidence – what's the confidence meter at? I got him at a seven right there. That's a seven. Seven out of ten. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got a lot to say on this on this Steelers team. So, first things first. Let's start with the defense, which is the real top tier side of the ball. You have the two major losses, and like you said, Bud Dupree and Steven Nelson, which was a, a big loss at that second corner spot, which wasn't really addressed that much as of right now which those are looking like the two major problem spots. But with that being said, are dude, we are betting on the Steelers under Mike Tomlin having the first losing record under Mike Tomlin the entire time, his entire tenure, we are betting on the Steelers having a losing record. I am smashing this over. I am smashing the over so hard, especially with a 17-game season. I just, I'm a little surprised that it's not at nine and a half. The fact that it went down a game from last year after what they showed in that beginning of the season. Now you add Najee Harris, a legitimate running back that the Steelers desperately needed on top of the Muth, 
They add the Muth and Najee Harris to that offense. Yeah. Lost a couple guys on defense, but we kept Tyson Alwell around, which is a huge, huge get back for the defensive side of the ball. You get some of these guys healthy. I am huge on the Steelers over eight and a half. For the confidence level, Mr. Dan, it is like a 9.9. 9.9 confidence level. How does the schedule look, though? Difficulty. It's a brutal schedule. It is honestly a super, super tough schedule. But I, I don't really care, to be honest. I don't really care. This is a team that, honestly, I might be more worried about having a worse schedule because classic Steelers just playing down to their competition all the time. Uh, I this is a team that I just think is too good to not get nine wins in a 17 game season. Like nine and a half, I could understand, and I think that would be the more true line for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Eight and a half, I think, is a good at least one game too low. I don't think that they're two games worse than the Ravens and the Browns, which are the other two major teams in this division right now. It's interesting. The the public's actually on the under, believe it or not. Which is there's guess... a lot of Steelers shade going around right now. I, I don't really understand it. Um, no one believes in the Steelers. They think we're frauds. That might have to do with just like the schedule. You know, the, the schedule difficulty. Ben being old, I can see that playing a factor too. And I mean, didn't y'all lost Pouncey, right? Lost your center. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we lost Pouncey. We lost Villanueva. Offensive line is definitely a, a problem spot, but I'm not going to act like it wasn't a huge problem spot last year. And losing Pouncey, like Pouncey towards the second half of the season last year was a shell of his former self. Like, yeah, he was I, I don't really think losing him is a huge deal. And same thing with losing Villanueva. Like, beginning of the season, Villanueva was great. But by the end of the year, our two starting tackles, Chuck Sikorfor and Villanueva, couldn't couldn't stop a nosebleed. They they, dude, we made the Bengals pass rushers look like Khalil Mack late in the season, and that was one of the teams that had some of the lowest pass rush totals all of last year. You know, I don't really think it's it's a huge issue. And we get Zach Banner back, who who looked all right. Added a couple nice offensive linemen, Green, a center in the draft, who's going to be starting day one probably. I can understand the concerns, but I think that the concerns are a little too priced in for how good the team actually is. It's like you're we're so focused on a couple of the minor holes and not looking at, okay, well, we still have a top two, top three pass rusher in the league on defense, still have a top safety, you know, rest of the defensive line is still pretty good. Freaking uh, Devin Bush is still a top linebacker, at least in my opinion. Still got mm-hmm. Hayden. Um, Edmonds is finally starting to put it together, it looks like. So I, I think that the concerns are being a little too heavily priced in, especially when we're comparing them to the Browns and the Ravens. I understand the Browns and the Ravens are good. They might look pretty good. But are we really saying that the Steelers are a two-game worse team than those teams? I'm not really buying that. Yeah, well, we know this division is going to be tight, right? Uh other than the NFC West, I mean, you can make an argument with this division being the best of football. And you're going to find those three teams, like, fighting for that, you know, 12-win spot all year. It's just a matter of fact of who gets there first for me. All right. Well, 
I think that's it. Dan, you want to add anything? Your thoughts on the Steelers? Uh, what they're looking like right now with their over-under? Dude, I'm just here to listen. I'm just here to listen and take notes. Just keep it rolling. All right, Steve, who do you want to go to next? We can, Let's go to your team. Your team in this okay. division. Because you're basically, ever since the podcast has become a thing, you have been the biggest supporter of the Browns, saying yeah. last year, hey, they're a playoff team. Took the over last year. Steed actually went 4-0 on this division last year. Um, so the Browns, with the biggest jump in win total from last year, this year, last year was 8.5. We were up to 10.5, two full games above their over-under last year. 17-game season, a little bit more of a favorable schedule, I would say, than the Steelers and, and like the Ravens in this division. Steed, what are you thinking? Ten and a half over under. Uh, this is probably the one I'm most confident in this division. I, I'm hammering the over for the Browns. I, I I love this Browns team. I've said it before. I think they got a great coaching staff. Stefanski is an absolute monster. Been the perfect hire for them. Uh, the offense doesn't change. All, everyone's coming back. It's just more experience on the offensive end. And the question has just been, can they fill in the defense? Well, they did that this offseason. Free agency, they get their safety, John Johnson, from the Rams. And now you go in the draft, you get a corner to go alongside Denzel Ward, one of my favorite corners in the draft, in Newsom. And then all, really a glaring cold next after they signed Clowney to go alongside of Miles Garrett was they needed a linebacker, and they got Owosu Koromoa to fall on their lap in the second round. And I just feel like now this defense with the pieces they have acquired now can really take that extra step and become a top 10 defense along with that electric running game with a two-headed monster and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They can control the time o'clock. They have three tight end sets that will just confuse teams. Baker, you saw the progression from all last year. He, I, he's legit. He can play this lead. Now is he going to be Patrick Mahomes good, Aaron Rodgers good? No. But he is capable of taking this team to the next level, in which I do. I this is my team. I'm favorite to win the division. Uh, overs at ten and a half. I got him locked in more as a twelve to thirteen win team. Easy for me. After looking at the schedule, and they start off rough with the Chiefs, but I would kind of like them in that game. They played them tough in the playoffs, and with now more of an experienced team, I I think they match up fine with them. And after that. It, there's a good shot this team can start five, five and two, six and one. You look at that run; they play the Ravens back to back twice, like back to back, and in between those games they get a bye week, so they get extra preparation in that game. So confidence level on this, it's a nine point six for me. Nine point six, lock it in for the Browns. I, I love this team. I think this team is ready to take the next step. Dude, like. I kind of was coming into this one to take the under, but when you look at this team's roster, it is ridiculous. And like, not only the, the draft picks that they added, they picked up Malik Jackson from Philly, yeah. a, a D tackle that I thought played really well for that squad last year. Um, they got Tack McKinley. So got McKinley just to be a rotational piece. pass rusher. Um, and you also get Odell back. Yeah, you do get Odell back. I was going to go with the – I'm going to hit the over, actually. I think I'm going to join you. I'm nowhere near as confident as you are. But, oh, my God. I like – the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers, I think, are all just really, really good teams. I think every yeah. single one of these teams is just really legit and would be up 
in a division favorite in about every other division in football. So I think I'm actually going to join you there. They, they just don't have a hole. There's really not a big hole. Even at linebacker without a Wusu Koromos, Taki Taki last year, Sion Taki Taki was pretty good for them and was planted mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty legit level. Um, Anthony Walker's still there. And then, like you said, you just add to the secondary. You get Delpit back. You still have Greedy Williams. This is just a, a pretty loaded roster. And they picked up yeah. Troy Hill as well as like yeah. a nickel corner from uh, from the Rams. Uh, also, I, I, I'm going to take the over. Well, what I also like about the defense last year is they would they weren't a stout defense by any means, but they always figure out a way to create a turnover, and they would get points off those turnovers. Now that they have kind of like that complete defense, if they're able to continue to create turnovers, that would just take this team at like new heights for me. Well, yeah, and like their offense was good last year. Their offense was very efficient. Aside from week one, and then those two, I guess that also that week against Pittsburgh, somewhat early in the season when they got rocked. But the other, the only other two games where they did not have offensive production against the Raiders where they lost 16 to six and in a 10 to seven win against the Texans, it was like ridiculous conditions. It was like 30 plus mile an hour wins where you just can't run the ball or not run the ball. You can't throw the ball at all. Mm. Oh man, this team looks good. I'm just not as confident as you. I'm still not completely bought in to the Browns, but their roster is too good to not say, Hey, this team could go. 11 and six. How do you think this extra game plays into like the over unders? I hate it, to be honest. I, yeah, I hate it, it a lot. It, it throws me off a little bit, you know, because like you see like a line eight and a half in my head or like a 10 and a half line, like I'm thinking 16 game season, but then you got to think, oh, well, we've got an extra game to cover that. And it's like, and then you got to look at who they get for that extra game, too. And it's like, does that match up well for them? So, like, I'm definitely not a fan of it from the over-under perspective. From just so getting for, another game, yeah. The reason why I think it, it really has an impact is that in the 16-game season, you, you always have six games in your division. So your division games if you have if you're in a tough division it's just hard to for all those teams to hit the overs and like you know last year only the NFC West had three teams hit the over most divisions like the, a lot of them had only one team hit the over you know there'd be like one push two unders and one over but now with that 17th game season you just add a little bit less pressure not necessarily in the division games for the teams but for the over-unders, the division game, there's just less a percentage of division games than there ever have been before. So I think that that's a little bit hard to take into account. And it's actually one of the big reasons why I just said, I'm going to say fuck it and take the over on the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers, just because if these teams just split games in these division games with that extra game outside of the division, if – I think these teams are all playoff caliber teams. I think they can pick up all these wins, just start scooping them up in these out-of-conference and even in-conference games. Yeah. All right. Anything else to say on the Browns? Dan, you got any thoughts on the Browns? Are you a Browns believer? 
I wasn't until last year, dude. They just last year they surprised me, bro. I remember I was watching the dude the Steelers Browns game was wild, bro. I was trying to I was picking up the the I was picking up the Steelers like after every touchdown, bro. When they went win that giant hole, bro, and it was just like not enough to cover. It just wasn't enough. Like they just kept. They just went down. How much did they go down in, in the beginning of that game? Oh my god, it was a dude, nightmare. It was, it was, it was brutal. Like, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm getting a steal, just picking them up live, dude, put with, with the points. And it's just like, dude, just touchdown after touchdown. I was just like, Jesus, bro. I didn't see I did that a coming. Dude. I didn't see that coming at all. in the in the Washington football game, um, or maybe it was the Bengals game. One of the two of those where they went down kind of early. And I'm like, okay, they're gonna bring it back. They're gonna bring it back, and they. I mean, it got close, but then they ended up losing by, like, at least a touchdown, which then you don't get to cover on the live bet. So not exactly the best team to do it with, but I just – I still believe in the Steelers. I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think that if there's any team that's going to perform having a very difficult schedule, it's them. I mean, this is an 8-8 eight and eight team with Mason Rudolph at starting quarterback. Uh, and it's not like the offensive line was at an elite level that year either. They were still trash. So mm-hmm. give me Ben Roethlisberger, just as good of a defense, and now just better offensive weapons. Uh, you add Najee Harris and you keep the band together, get a year of development under Claypool. I really fi- – and an extra game. Like, I really don't envision a world – maybe the Steelers get eight wins. I know we're, we're supposed to move on to the Ravens back on the Steelers. Maybe the Steelers get eight wins and you get screwed that way, but – I, I just don't see them getting, like, under eight wins. I think there's a much better possibility they're getting nine than under nine. How was the schedule last year for the Steelers, though? Was it, like, easy, or was it, like, solid? Um. Well, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the season, it was looked at as, like, pretty medium, but then kind of the way things played out. See, that's the one thing about the schedule that no one wants to talk about is that Teams like um like the Texans last year, if you were to put them into your schedule strength thing, they would have been a tough game. I mean, that was a playoff team, and they won a playoff game. But then all of a sudden, they went out and sucked ass. Same thing with the Niners at, at some points in the season. Like, the Niners would have been one of the toughest games, and they went out, had a ton of injuries, and sucked. So... Mm-hmm. True. That's just kind of the game you play when you're trying to predict schedules. I, I'm much more of a... Let me just bet on good teams instead of trying to play schedules. Because you'll never be able to predict the injuries. That's the other thing, too, is that that the risk with some of these is that if the starting quarterback goes down in any one of these teams, all of a sudden your over-under is a little bit toast. But maybe not for the Steelers, though. We saw them go 8-8 eight and eight with backup quarterbacks. They beat the Browns Week 17 with Mason Rudolph starting, so... Oh, wait, no, I think they lost that game, but it was close. Yeah, the Browns barely won that game. All right, let's go on to the Ravens. Ravens over under 10.5, a game lower than last year. I, I'm going to start. I'm taking the over. I took the I, I took their over last year, got burnt, but I, I have to get one less win with an extra game. Even though the division looks really tough, the Ravens always play well in the division. Um, and on top of that, they shouldn't get absolutely screwed by COVID like they did for that second Steelers game last year where their entire team was dead playing on a Wednesday. Weirdest game of all time, by the way. Yeah, that was a weird um, game. You still got a top five coach. Uh, 
the roster, you can make an argument the defense is worse. I think the offense is significantly better, even with without Orlando Brown. The you had a, a group last year of receivers that was probably bottom of the league or pretty damn close. And now you add Tylen Wallace, Sammy Watkins, and Rashad Bateman. I can't imagine they'll play worse than they did last year in that position group. I, I really think that the Ravens are just too strong for me to confidently bet the under. I'm going three overs. I know it's a bait. One of these teams will hit the under, but I feel like I'm getting two overs out of, out of three of these teams. So I'll just hedge, take my 66.6% win percentage, and have a good time. Yeah, this is a... This is where I'm going to disagree with you. It's kind of hard for me because uh, I'm on the fence about this pick, but I took the under with them last year, and I think that line was crazy. It was like – was it like 11 and a half? 11 and a half, like yeah. It was uh, a tough one. Yeah, and like – Their schedule yeah, is brutal. It, it's, it's their schedule for me, and also it's just the other two teams in the division. Like I'm higher on the Steelers and the Browns than I am on the Ravens. Like, I really can't explain it, but I, they just don't do it for me exactly. I, they, they've lost pieces on their defense. Their defense is still going to be all right, still going to be good. You're right with Harbaugh being top five, but I'm going to have to take the under on this team. I, I do not I, – I just think that if we go into the division, I see as the Steelers and the Browns as a better – teams as this Ravens team is right now. I know with Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's a crazy player and it's going to keep you in a lot of ball games. but I think this is the year the Ravens kind of take a little backslide. I think their window to win a championship was in the last two years, and you're going to kind of see that window fall close this year. So I'm going to ride with Ravens under, but not confident with it at all. Like, really not. Yeah, I, I thought coming into this, I was flip-flopping on the Ravens and Browns a whole lot. These are two teams that I am not very confident in their over-under lines. I think 10.5 is pretty damn accurate for them because they have just as much of a chance of hitting 10 wins as they do 13. It almost depends. Are you going to get hot at some point during the season? Are you going to get those injuries? That that seems to, to me to be the separator compared to like the Steelers lines where even with injuries, I could see that team hitting nine wins. And then obviously without injuries, I feel like they're almost guaranteed the nine wins. But now we're going to move on to – I can't wait to talk about this team. The last team is the Bengals. The Bengals over-under is actually a game up from last year from five-and-a-half to six-and-a-half. This is my other, like, favorite line in this division. And I'm smashing the under – for the Bengals. I do not see this team hitting seven wins. Um, you know, we, we made a video on the Bengals a while back where the Bengals fans weren't exactly happy with what we were saying. Yeah. Um, all I have to say to you is I, I got to see it to believe it. Show me the seven wins. I'll admit if I'm wrong, if it's seven wins, but until then, screw you Bengals fans. You're not getting seven wins. Your roster's overrated. You have an average at best defense. Cool, you have some of the flashy players, but you've had flashy players. You know, Joe Mixon's a great running back, but he's only so good when he's getting nailed three yards back in the line of scrimmage every play. I think that they have probably the worst coach in the league. If I were to rank all of the coaches, I think he was the he's is the one that I would pick very last of all the coaches, right? Even the rookie guys. Um yeah, I'm going to have to see it to believe with the Bengals team tough division. I, I do not see seven wins. 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's just you got to prove it. And with this team, and with that division, I I mean, I see them losing all six games to the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens. I I don't see them competing in that category. And then, you know, you got to play the same out-of-conference, out-of-division teams as as these guys, and I don't see you putting up much of a fight. Like, yeah, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he could do it all by himself over here. I, I understand your weapons at receiver. You just picked up Jamar Chase, but is he going to be able to score three touchdowns a game? I, I don't know. I, I can't believe that. So I'm with you on this. I think this is an easy under for me as well. I, maybe four or five wins this year for the Bengals. Yeah, I think that everyone is so concerned about looking into the flashy players that have we forgotten about the Falcons for like the past three years? This is yeah, a team like that depth chart they had the quarterback. They had plenty of good receivers, tight ends, um, you know, an average or below average offensive line, and then an average at best defense. And even the Falcons probably have better top end defensive players than the Bengals do. And you're going to ask me to come out here and say, oh, well, the Bengals are all of a sudden going to win more games than the Falcons have in a harder division? Yeah, no no shot for me. Yeah, I'm out. Confidence, 10 out of 10. What about you? What are you thinking? 10, 10 out of 10 on the Bengals under? Oh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, maybe like a 9.8. You know, 10 out of 10 is like, that would be like my Texans under for me. Listen, I'll admit if I'm wrong on this over-under. Like, the Bengals fans have already tore into us enough, but dude, well, when if you, you look guys at don't it, win seven games, I'm out for blood. When you're looking at it, like, looking at the history of, like, just, like, them reaching their over-projected of wins is, like, when's the last time they've done that, and why should I pick y'all now? And where the division looks a lot more dominant than it ever has. I, I can't do it. You haven't proven anything did, to me. Did you guys expect Jamar Chase to go to the Bengals? Or were you expecting him to draft a lineman? Uh, I think it was like almost just a toss-up between Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell. Uh, I'm not, I wasn't surprised. I, I don't think I would have done it. But the one thing is um, they did sign a tackle in free agency, Riley Reef from the Vikings. So I'm not surprised to see them pass up on a tackle just because they drafted Jonah Williams like two or three years ago, first round tackle out of Alabama, who they like, and they picked up another tackle for agency. So if you drafted Penny Sewell, someone had to get kicked inside, which is just a little wonky. Um, I still think I would have done it, though. I'm a big proponent of your football team is only as good as your offensive and defensive line. And the Bengals have the weakest offensive and defensive line in, in the entire division. Um, I don't really care about your skill players. You're just not going to win football games if you don't have a good offensive line. Like, I, I compared it to the Falcons. The Falcons, when they when they made it to the Super Bowl, had one of the top offensive lines in football and a an above-average defense. All of a sudden, you lose those two things, and you can't even get a winning record. Like, it's it's not really a hugely complicated formula. Yeah. I mean, I had them locked in with Penny Sewell until, like, you know, of course, Joe Burrow was vouching to get Jamar Chase, and I think that played a huge part of it. And, again, I'm not letting my rookie quarterback 
choose who I pick at the fifth pick. I, I, I think that's a little asinine. Like, I know it's kind of cool. It'll get in the media, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase reenact. But going forward, I don't think it really does much for this football team. I think Jamar Chase is an extremely talented player, and I think he'd probably have a great career in this league. But for, like, the Bengals going forward, I don't think it really solves what they needed to do. All right, let's do um let's go into NFL futures though. Let's start doing some of the futures. Uh we want to do Super Bowls. Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. Early early Super Bowls. Um man, I, I've been back and forth on a lot of the Super Bowl picks here. Uh last year I felt that the AFC was a lot more set in stone than the NFC. This year I think it has flopped. I think that right now the NFC, there's a lot clearer of a picture of who's going to be in it and who's not versus the AFC. I think there's a good eight or nine teams that have a, a legitimate shot, and depending on how their season goes, could be a contender or be in or out of the playoffs. So I'm going to start off with my NFC Super Bowl team. I think right now the favorite is the Bucks. I'm assuming. Is, is that yeah. correct? The yeah. Bucks are the yeah. favorite? Mm-hmm. So I, I get. Let's just Steve. Let's just do it like NFC Championship into Super Bowl. Right now, my NFC Championship would be the Bucks against the Rams. Um, I think the Bucks just because they have same roster returning. You have um, you have the goat. Like it, it's nothing really crazy there. But the Rams, dude. The more I look at the Rams, the more I truly believe that this team has what it takes to make a Super Bowl. Um, if you look at like the the main positions in football, especially in modern football that really make a difference, pass rush. They have one of the top pass rushes in the league last year, led by the man, the myth, the beast himself, Aaron Donald, who like can eat double teams for lunch. Like you double team and he's still favored. He's still just mauling people. Jalen Ramsey, one of the top corners at the second position you need. You need to cover a number one. Jalen Ramsey's the top guy in the league to do it. Left tackle, Andrew Whitworth is still chugging, and when he plays, he still plays at an elite level, even though he's like 58 years old. And then you just picked up the quarterback. You picked up Matt Stafford, the elite-level quarterback that this team has kind of been missing. Jared Goff, in that season they went to the Super Bowl, was playing at an elite level, but his play has definitely dropped off since then. Matt Stafford, easily one of the better quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. When When I watched the Lions all 22 back, this dude's legit. Great decision maker. He has some problems with interceptions, but now we get into the last important aspect, receivers. This team has great weapons on the outside. They just added 2-2 Atwell. You still have Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Um, you still have Cam Akers for your running game. It really feels like the Rams, to me, are in that prime spot to make a run and be that team that challenges the, the Bucks for the NFC. Yeah, I got the same matchup as you for pretty much the same reasons. But I, I would pick the Bucks to win that matchup and have the Bucks go to the Super Bowl again. And a big reason for me is, like, first, you got the GOAT, right? We He's going to be back somewhere in, like, this high playoff caliber kind of play. But like, you return all 22, okay, to run it back one more time. You get the defense that was, show, like, showing signs at the end of the season that they were in the elite defense that they can pick it up. So I think that confidence kind of carries into next season. 
and you see a defense that's able to take that next step the way they were playing during the Super Bowl run for me. And also just another year for Brady to really understand the system. I mean, it took the took the Bucs a while to get going in this offense, but once it got going, it was really tough to uh, defend and stop them from scoring up points. I mean, I think Brady like sat out like after the first quarter against that Lions game because they put up 40 points in the first quarter. But I, I like this Bucks team. The NFC's between like three teams, and with Rodgers looking like it's gone, these are the two heavy favorites for me, and deservedly so because the roster is just better than anyone else in the NFC. But I like the Bucks to get that slight edge over the Rams. What do you guys think about the – because I'm looking at the lines right now. The 49ers are actually – have a better – better like – Worse odds, better odds to win the championship than the Rams. So it goes Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 310, 49ers at plus 600, and then Rams at plus 650. Packers all the way at plus 850, and the rest are like basically jackpot. So what do you guys think about that? So here, here's my problem with the Niners. is that I think the Niners are still a good team, and they got good coaching staff. But that defense, which is the defense that led them to the Super Bowl years ago, is just a shell of its former self, at least in my opinion. Um, the D-backs aren't going to be as good as last year. Uh, you lost Richard Sherman. I mean, you, coming into the year, they had like zero guys under contract. They got a few back, but yeah. it's really nothing crazy. D Ford, you don't have anymore because he kind of just died. So your pass – and even the other pass rushers, right, you had to replace um, that kid who went to the Colts. What's his name? Buckner, right? Uh, you had to replace him with Kinlaw, who's still good, but like their pass rush is good, but I feel like it's more trending down than trending up from those years ago. You still have good linebackers. Offense is still good. Like it's close. I I truly do believe that the Rams are scarier, though. I think that the Rams are trending in the right direction. They showed what they could be last year. And to me, they've only gotten better as a football team. And McVay is still McVay. I think people have kind of forgotten about that McVay is still one of the top coaches in the league. I mean, there was a point where he was like number two to Belichick. And now it's like, okay, well, maybe Shanahan's better. Maybe this guy's better. I think that this is one of the best rosters that McVay has had entering a season. And it's going to be really scary to see what he can do with it. Yeah, I mean, the secondary is a big thing for me. It's, like you said, they had no one under contract coming this season. Then they signed back Jason Verrett, and now he's got to be the number one guy. I like Verrett as a two or a three, but I'm not really sure if he can fulfill that number one, especially in division with a lot of great receivers. Um, and also quarterback play is just a question mark for me. I know they – going to start the year off with Jimmy G, but if Jimmy G's not performing, they put in Trey Lance. My knock on Trey Lance was I don't think he's NFL ready. I And then I have to trust either Trey Lance or Jimmy G trying to get me back to the um, NFC Championship, at least this year. I'm, I'm not just big on that. I don't, I don't really see it. Yeah, I think the 49ers are still a threat, but I yeah, think, I think they're that they're today. a I think they're more of a threat in the conversation of like a tier two type of threat. I think the the three potential tier one teams, you know, obviously the Rams and the Bucks, the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is still there, if Aaron Rodgers is, is not there, then they're basically the Giants at this point. 
Um, outside of those teams, it's like, okay, the Cardinals are good, but their coaching staff is not proven anywhere near as much as these other teams. On top of the fact that their defense, they, they you talk about a team that lost its secondary, they completely lost their secondary. That was like the strength of that football team last year. And in my opinion, when I did that Cardinals analysis, the reason that they were a 500 team. Um, so it's kind of tough to – we could see them be a playoff team, but they're in a tough division. And it's just like too many factors to not believe in. The Seahawks roster, we can all agree, probably just is not good enough to really be a huge threat. I mean, they couldn't beat the the John Wolford Rams. You know, now we expect them to come out and beat a at least what I think is a better Rams team that has now added Matthew Stafford. That's it's just not not a bet I'm willing to make. Um, the Giants, I think, are a legitimate threat, but their quarterback is so bad and is so unproven that you're you're just not over that hump, and you're not going to be over that hump unless Daniel Jones does a complete 180, or you just get someone who can actually play quarterback at an elite level. But you're not going to beat the goat with Daniel Jones at the helm at least unless you get pretty damn lucky or play really freaking good football. Um, yeah. Who would you else, who else would you say is a, is a threat in the NFC? Uh, it, it's really tough. I, I will say about the Seahawks though, is that their defense couldn't as a whole, couldn't be as worse as they were last year, you know, cause that was a historically just really bad secondary. So they kind of figure on the defensive end, which I think Pete Carroll would be able to do and you get a hot Russ at the right time, I could see Russ kind of like just, you know, winning games out of his ass and kind of like pulling through. But then again, it's it's still tough to do that because just there's other teams with better rosters and, you know, but I would like the Seahawks there. Uh, the G-Man, I'm with you on that. Just quarterbacks the problem with me. I think the roster is very good. Defense is so underrated. Uh, football team would have been a good one if they were just able to land like a – you know, middle of the pack or a top end quarterback for me. Like that defense is so elite, but you know, I'm not trusting Ryan Fitzpatrick to lead that team to the Super Bowl. There's just no way that happens. Um, I would like the Saints if they had a quarterback. I'm not trusting Taysom Hill or even Jameis at this point. I still love. I I don't love Sean Payton. I have to hate him, but like as a coach, he's like very elite. Yeah, he's great. phenomenal. And but like, he, he wasn't able to out. do it with better rosters, though. That That's the one problem I have with the Saints is that we're all of a sudden going to expect the Saints to be a better team than they've been in, like, all of the past seasons with a yeah, much yeah. worse team that they weren't able to maneuver with. Um, real quick, before we go to the AFC, Los Angeles Rams to make the playoffs at minus 182 on DraftKings I think is a phenomenal get. Um, as just like a quick little lock kind of a kind of a bet. I, I really like the Rams to make the playoffs. Yeah, I would too. Anything under minus 200 there. And, and, and then like another like favorite team I saw is like the Cowboys have pretty good odds. Uh, even though the Cowboys offense is going to put up points, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop anybody. I know they drafted a lot of rookies and that defense but I'm not sure that gets it done and there's still a question mark for me and the it's the whole is Zeke going to be back and their offensive line still not very at the elite level like it was a couple years ago and also is you're betting on the Cowboys to make the Super Bowl which is probably not going to happen since it hasn't happened in 30 years 
And yeah, I'm not a huge Mike McCarthy guy. I don't hate him, but I don't. I'm not going to take him over these other teams with arguably better rosters and who I think are just better coaches. Um, yeah, that I, I'm not betting on the Cowboys to do anything. I wouldn't be surprised because that division sucks. That was but terrible. Yeah, that that's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, all right, let's move on to the AFC. AFC to me is just so, so competitive. There are like nine teams that I think are legit, but I'll go with the, the teams that I really like. So you obviously have the Chiefs. You know, they're, they're a great team. Then you have the Bills and Patriots, who I think are two playoff-level teams. Those three AFC North teams that we were just talking about, the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. And then I think the Titans and Colts are still legit. Okay, so that's eight teams that I think are legitimate threats. People think that the Chargers could be a legitimate threat. I'm not betting on the Chargers. I'm not doing it. I've been – well, not that I've been burned. I've been fading them and it's been working. But, yeah, you're going to have to make me see it to believe it if, if you're winning more than more than nine games. No shot there. So those are the eight teams that I think are legit. And it is tough to decipher which one you really like. If I were to bet on the AFC Championship, I'm, I'll take the Chiefs because it's the Chiefs. Yeah. That second team, it's it's like it's between the Bills, the Ravens, and Patriots for me, I think. I think those are the three teams that I really like for the AFC Championship. I'm kind of back on the Patriots here. I think that that defense is just ridiculous. Um, and, and offensively, they still have an offensive line. But those are the teams. I'm, I'm kind of a believer in the Bills right now for the Super Bowl. They, they kept all the core pieces they needed. That defensive line got a lot better in the draft um, and just kind of not playing the guys that they did at the beginning of the season last year. Um, offensively, they kept everyone, and most importantly, their offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, who I think is a top three OC in the league right now. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen's just getting better and better. You add Emmanuel Sanders to, to that receiving options, which is kind of – what I thought the problem was in the playoffs last year, Cole Beasley was playing hurt. Stephon Diggs couldn't just carry everyone. You just kind of needed a third option, second option. And you get now Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, and a healthy Cole Beasley. I'm really liking what the Bills are doing. And I think that they're going to be a dominant force in the league next year. I'll take them for the Super Bowl. All right. I like that. I, I got the Chiefs as, you know, the counterpart easily. I mean, it's the Chiefs, but I, I'm sticking with my team. I think it's going to be the Browns. I like the Browns to get to the AFC Championship and beat the Chiefs. I, I If they stay fully healthy, that roster is legit, is deep. I mean, we talked about it early. I think this is the year they take the extra step and you see them in the Super Bowl against the Bucs. Other than that, the other teams, I mean, I agree with you on the Bills can make a run. Chiefs, Ravens, Steelers. Also, I'm, I'm with you on the Pats just because of their defense, but also if Cam Newton does go down, right? Let's say Cam Newton does go down. I I would willing to bet that Matt Jones could lead that Patriots team to a, a playoff berth easily. No, I'm with you there. Uh, even if Cam Newton isn't playing well, I think that he could do it. Um, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick my Super Bowl here. I'm going to go Bills- I'm going to go Bills-Rams with McVay getting a ring. Okay, I got uh, Browns versus Bucks, and the Browns do it. 
they get it done this year. Man, you're taking the Browns to win it? Yep. I love it, dude. <laughs> ben, every single segment we've had on the Browns, it's Browns are taking it. Browns are taking it. I mean, you didn't pick him for the Super Bowl last year, but you did pick him for the playoffs. I, they're a, they're a force. I'll get, that roster is nuts. Dan, who are you taking for a Super Bowl if you had to bet right now? Uh, dude, I really think it's going to be a repeat. I really just don't see how the Bucks don't make it to the Super Bowl again. And, dude, the Chiefs, I'm just, you're not betting against the Chiefs. Like, you can't tell me that, like, uh, it's just the Chiefs are just too much of a force, dude. They, they're never out of games. You can't put them away. Their offense is just too good. It's just put They just put up too many points. They've come back in playoff games big before. Like, I don't know. You just uh, – you can't – I just can't go against Mahomes. It's just – but I don't. I just don't see how the Bucks wouldn't make the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm just not. I mean, the Rams like first year with a new quarterback. I mean, they have a stacked roster, but like, that's just not. Like, I mean, you're going to talk about the goat with the same like literally bringing everyone back, like including Antonio Brown, which I thought was like, all right, maybe at least they won't get Antonio Brown back. And if he comes back too, it's like, it's just too many weapons. Everybody just wants to play with Brady. Yeah, it's just. It's just too much. I just I think I'm gonna have to go repeat Bucks Chiefs. See, the thing is that I have against the Bucks is that I really felt like if you got a team that was a little bit better than the Packers last year, just a little bit better, they beat the Bucks in that NFC championship game. I think that's the problem because the you know, obviously they they earned that Super Bowl and, and destroyed the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, but the Washington football team who didn't have a quarterback, played really well. They weren't really in in the game, but they were around there. You, you kind of knew they weren't going to win it, but they were in the game. They played against a Saints team that was limping into the playoffs with Drew Brees, who had like 12 cracked ribs, um, who clearly wasn't himself in, in that football game. And it was still a close football game. And then you have that Packers game that was just – I like that's the one game that I really feel like the Bucks did not deserve to win that football game. I the the Packers just really fucked that one up uh with their decisions and, and the execution of their offense a lot of that game. And you know, the Super Bowl they win it. Ah, it really feels like if the Bucks run into a stronger NFC in the playoffs, where there's a team that's really hot getting into the playoffs, that they might get knocked out. And whether that's the the 49ers, the Rams, or someone new, um, I think we could see it, even though they are the favorite. And it's looking like, you know, with the gang back together and Brady still going, that they can do it. But Brady, major knee surgery from Brady this offseason. Just just throwing that out there. Nah, he's good to go. He, he'll be ready. I'm not worried about Brady at all. I It's just like, you know, they hit their stride so late and they just look pretty dominant. And, like, now you got – Brady a second year under the system where the quarterback proved like historically quarterbacks play bet better in their second year once they figure out the system and learn it and like learn how to like really Im- take involved this this playbook and I think that's what you're gonna find here I and there's just so many weapons with Mike Evans A B Godwin it's just it's gonna be crazy and I really don't see another NFC team right now topping them unless someone gets crazy hot or like something like that i i don't know and it, it, for me like it's just matthew stafford's really ne- it, if 
that is the NFC Championship. I just don't know since Matthew Stafford's never been put in that situation before in his life. I mean, he's 0-2 in playoffs. I understand he's playing for the Lions. is a whole different kind of ball club. But it's hard for me to take him over the GOAT. No, yeah, I, I think that the Rams game. are definitely a bold call for making the Super Bowl. Like, but dude, I believe, I believe in McVay. I believe. I'm on the McVay train, baby. All right, what what other futures and stuff do you guys want to talk about? We can go into MVP. Yeah. Or, so yeah, we did conference winners. Wait, let's go week Super one. Bowl. Let's go week one QBs real quick. Just knock those out. Week one QBs. What does that mean? So like Denver Broncos. Oh Brock yeah, yeah, okay. QB. Week one QBs. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're there's saying. Only, there's only four. All right, let me let me see if there's on here. All right, week one quarterbacks: Chicago Bears, Andy Dalton minus two fifty, Justin Fields plus two hundred, Nick Foles plus sixteen hundred. Um, I actually think that there's a decent shot that Justin Fields could be the quarterback week one here, and I don't think Andy Lock, Andy Dalton's a lock, even though they said he's the starter. And the main reason being, this is a team that just did not have a plan at quarterback. They just were kind of like, hey, we need a quarterback. And then they tried to trade for Russell Wilson, and then they tried to trade for this guy, you know, and then they were in the running for Stafford probably and all this stuff. And then they're kind of just sitting there halfway through free agency, like, well, fuck. I guess we'll pick up Andy Dalton, like, might as well. So then they just sign Andy Dalton. Then come the draft time, they're like, okay, well, we still want a quarterback, but we're picking at like pick 20. So one's probably not going to be there. And then Justin Fields fell a little bit. They were able to trade up and then they were able to get Justin Fields. So did they have a plan like some of these other teams that we're going to touch on? Fuck no. At least from an outsider's yeah. perspective, it does not seem like it. If Justin Fields goes in there and looks like the better quarterback, he will be playing week one. If I'm Matt Nagy, at least, what you're gonna force Andy Dalton to play? Like, yeah, Andy Dalton should be the favorite, but if Justin Fields goes into training camp and looks sick, you're not playing him. Ah, uh, that's tough for me. I, I think Andy Dalton's kind of just a lot for week one, unless like barring injury. Like, if Andy Dalton goes down, you know, then you can start it. I, I don't think Nagy's gonna rush Justin Fields into it, like anything especially week one now like week nine or ten maybe you'll see him there but i don't know i get the from the bears i look at it like when they had when they drafted trubisky he didn't start right away they started uh glenn on and you know like it took a little bit for there i i think they would just kind of go with andy dalton keep their promise to him as a starter i i, I just wouldn't i but that's me not being like sold on Justin Fields being day one starter. I, I think he needs time for development. And I, I hope the Bears would be able to see that. Unless he lights it up, unless he, I'm completely wrong and he just tears up the preseason. Yeah, I don't think Justin Fields will start. I just don't think there's value taking Andy Dalton at minus 250. I don't think that the risk is worth just I, – I just don't think it's as much of a lock as minus 250 the odds you're getting is. Like – What's the point of taking that? Um, yeah, I'm probably staying away from this entirely. But um, Justin, I, I think there is potential value at Justin Fields at plus 200 right now. Uh, if you really believe in Justin Fields, which we we really are not huge Justin Fields guys, 
All right, New England Patriots. Week one, I'm taking Cam. I really doubt that Mac Jones comes in there and starts week one. Um, I think more so, not even if Mac Jones plays well or if Mac Jones should be the guy. Like Cam Newton at the beginning of the season last year looked like legit Cam Newton level. You get him second year in the season in the system. He's a proven veteran. He works hard. Um, he uh, he easily should be the starting quarterback because if if you're the Patriots, you want to see if Cam Newton comes back at that level he was playing at at the beginning of last season. Because if you get that Cam Newton to come out, there there you're a scary team. Yeah, also, I think Belichick's going to play the guy he trusts. There's trust in Cam Newton. Not saying he doesn't trust Mike Jones, but Cam Newton does have that resume. You know, uh, I do think Cam Newton was brought back to be that bridge quarterback. But also, you can win with Cam Newton, especially now with the Patriots looking like they have a much better roster than last season. I, I would have to bet on Cam Newton. What's the odds on that? Is it's it like minus 278. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty favored. Um. All right, anything else to say on that? I think that's like a pretty lock kind of a pick. All right, New Orleans Saints. This is a wacky one. Yeah, James that one's good. Minus 200. Taysom Hill plus 145. Ian Book plus 3,300. This, to me, feels like a true quarterback battle. Yeah, that um, is. And that, to me, means if I'm going to take this, I'm taking Taysom Hill because I actually think Taysom Hill is a little bit better than people give him credit for. Um James Winston should be the favorite, but do not count out Taysom Hill, especially because he went in there, he looked all right. There were a couple things he needed to develop, and the dude is an absolute grinder. He's willing to do anything for that football team, and I think Sean Payton really likes him. So I would yeah. not be shocked at all if Taysom Hill comes out and it's the week one starter. Yeah, I honestly – I. Th- I mean, I get what Jameis is favorite. I thought Taysom Hill would get favored just because he got more playing time, you know, and he's been on that team m- way much longer. I mean, t- he's got to be going into his sixth season on that team, I feel like. I feel like Taysom Hill has been there forever. But, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I Honestly, that's you get plus money too. Yeah, I'd easily take Taysom Hill. He's start, starting week one. Now, would he be the starter for the rest of the season? I'm not a true believer in that, but, like, I just think, like, Sean Payton goes with guys he can trust, and Taysom Hill fits his system. He's going to trust that guy. Yeah, I don't think it's a lock or anything like that, but Jameis Winston's going to come into camp as the number one, but it's going to be a legit quarterback competition. There's no guarantees, it feels like, from the reports that are coming out of, out of uh, New Orleans that any one of these guys – can't be the starter week one. And if one of these dudes is showing more than the others, they're going to get the nod. So I'll just take the guy that actually has value. What What about if you just sent Ian Book? You know, Sent Ian Book at plus 3,300? Yeah, no and shot. Spent a, four, a fourth-round pick on him, dude. Like, what if like he just kind of goes in there, lights it up a little bit, and they're like, Sean Payton's like, screw it, dude. He's the first rookie to start? That'd be crazy. <laughs> um. All right, last team. San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy G, minus 278, Trey Lance, plus 220, Josh Rosen, plus 3,300, and Nate Sudfeld, plus 4K. I'll take Jimmy G on this one pretty comfortably. That's yeah, really no, all that needs to be said. Yeah. This is, see, I, I think... comparing this to the Bears, 
the 49ers legitimately did have a plan, maybe not necessarily on who they were taking, but on what they were going to do with the guy that they took. Hey, we're going to keep Jimmy G. We won a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. It's just Jimmy G's career, the way he's been going. He was inconsistent last year. He was hurt when he's playing. He's not a top, top guy. Hey, we're going to give him the run this year. We're going to have a like, – like Alex Smith with the Chiefs. I think they went exactly with that route, right? With the Chiefs and Alex Smith, hey, we're a playoff team. We can still make a run at this thing, but we've got a good quarterback that we're nurturing for when, when it's time. Hey, Alex Smith, we love you. You're a good guy, but you're just not that elite-level quarterback that we're looking for long-term. So I will easily take Jimmy Garoppolo here. Yeah, and also, like, I Shanahan just doesn't seem like the coach that would rush Trey Lance to anything, you know, especially week one like that. And and on and I still believe, like, Trey Lance wasn't Kyle Shanahan's guy. I, I don't care what reports say. I truly believe it was Mac Jones still. But, I yeah, this is Jimmy G starting week one. Um, I'm not even sure if Trey Lance really plays that much next year or not. I know a lot of people have been saying, though, that he can start week one, and I'm like, where, where, where's that at? He's only played 14 games in his career. Like, Yeah, that that's going to be a no-siree for me. Um, Jimmy G, like, the, the problem with Jimmy G is not, you know, whether or not he can win you football games. It's just he's just not a guy that's going to carry you and going to – and he's just not the most consistent quarterback, right? We saw it last year. He had that nagging ankle injury, and it really impacted his play. Whereas some of the other more franchise-level quarterbacks, for example, a Matt Stafford, even through a couple nicks and, and knocks a little bit, he's still going to be playing at an elite level. And that's why they traded up for Trey Lance, not to just shove him in there week one and say, hey, let's take a, a roster that is right now one of the top rosters in the nfc trying to compete for a super bowl and pin a rookie on winning it like i was talking about this the other day like has a rookie quarterback even ever won a super bowl i joe flacco i know had a pretty damn good season and i know uh ben roethlisberger had a pretty damn good rookie season but even if they have it hasn't been recently you know it's just not really the way the news goes so why are you yeah. going to start shoving a rookie quarterback in there over a proven veteran that got you to a Super Bowl two years ago? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I agree. Dan, in your opinion, what do you think the best line of those starting quarterbacks that you took? Actually, different question. Is there value in taking these like Cam Newton and Jimmy Garoppolo to start at minus 278? Or Dude, is that I just kind of a bait? I would, I think it's like a bait because at the same time, it's like, I would hammer Cam Newton, right? I mean, like, you could, you, I mean, if you really want to make money, you really got to let it fly a couple G's. But, like, I mean, you're risking, like, he goes into, he go into the season, the first game with an injury and Cam Newton's out. There's just not enough value there to, to take that risk. Like, all right, Cam Newton, like, mm -hmm. they're going to tailor the offense to him, which is obviously going to be completely different than Mac Jones. So you can kind of feel safe, like, if they're really going to go in with Cam Newton, you know, are they really going to do a, chain, a switch up? You know what I mean? Like, that's probably not going to happen, I guess. But, like, just the just, just Cam Newton and just the fact that he could just be injured or something or have some sort of issue going through week one, I mean, at minus 320, uh, 
you really have to lay down some serious money to make it worth your while, and it's just it, it's just it, not worth the risk. Yeah, it's not yeah. really worth it. So it's not even. So you're saying that it's like the risk of injury is just higher than than the cash then, that, you're that I'm willing paid to, that out. I'm willing to pay for. Yeah, if, I mean, if it if he was like a minus two hundred, it'd be more enticing. You know what I mean? Get fifty percent on your money. Makes sense. You know what I mean? You could lay down like six hundred bucks, make three hundred bucks mm-hmm. back, or you know, lay down like eight hundred bucks, make four hundred thousand or five hundred. That kind of makes sense. It's probably the highest I'd go, like a thousand or five hundred, because you know you gotta just. I always just take like the worst case scenario into account. You know what I mean? Like you go with an injury, you know, you can't be like five grand down on. You know what I mean? For to make twenty five hundred, well, it's gonna be less, but you know what I mean? Like hypothetically. It's just, yeah. you know, just looking at worst case scenario and uh, minus 320 is just, to me, is just way too steep. All right, interesting. Because I, I didn't know if that was like a legitimate strat or not to t- try and find just these absolute locks and, and whether or not it's even worth it to hit them. And you can't, um, and you, they don't let you parlay them, which is huge. If you could parlay them, if I could parlay Cam Newton and Garoppolo, you know what I mean? Like I'm slamming that, but like they don't let you for these specific uh, preseason bets, so... Uh, it's just straight up. It's just not really worth it, in my opinion. Too much risk. All right. Uh, with that being said, that's interesting. So let's move on. Um, what do we want to hit next? So we there's like MVP, MVP offensive rookie of the year, all those ones we can yeah, do. Yeah, let's go MVP, and then we'll go and let's and let's go offensive defensive rookies of the rookie of the years. All right, MVP. I am not a fan of picking MVP. I don't think I've ever hit an MVP bet. Um, they're tough. All right, if Rodgers goes to the Broncos, right, and just blows it away, are we looking at a possible back-to-back scenario here? Maybe. Maybe. It's it's just the new system would kind of throw me off, you know? So the one, one that I really like, and it's someone that we liked a lot last year, was Kyler Murray. Yeah, that Um, would probably be one of mine. Because at plus two K, that's it's totally worth it, and he's a guy you get that infamous third year in the system that well not in in the system but third year in the league boom that we saw out of someone like Josh Allen, and on top of that, if he has that crazy rushing total and he's really flashy, that just kind of helps, right? We saw it with Lamar Jackson. Um, if, if you're just super dynamic with the football and, and Kyler Murray has insane level throwing talent. Uh, he just wasn't really able to put it all together for a large part of the season last year, especially the beginning of the season. But if we finally get to see Kyler Murray put it together, it feels like if the Cardinals are going to do well and make the playoffs, it's going to be on his back. And that might be looked on really well in the MVP voters eyes. The only problem I have with that is that, I don't really see the Cardinals being a team that goes like 13 and four or like 14 and three on the back of Kyler Murray for him to get the MVP. Whereas like Dan said with Rogers, Rogers can go out there, have a ridiculous season and win like 14 or 15 games. And that just kind of gives him the edge in the MVP votes. See another guys. See Stafford. All right, what if the Rams end up being that team that you're, you've been talking about in the NFC? You know what I'm saying against the Bucks, 
and put and really push it and really end up having a great season with Stafford. Do you think Stafford can make it make a run? Yeah, I don't think his odds are good enough though. Um, Fifteen hundred. Like I, I just think that Kyler Murray at plus two K is just kind of more worth it. The other problem I have with that is that I feel like the Rams are going to be set up to have a very well-balanced offense with Cam Akers and that running ability of that football team. Because, I mean, we saw McVay with Gurley in that Super Bowl year. He would just feed the shit out of Gurley. Um, if Cam Akers really is good and they're able to run block and and their team is really well-balanced, I wouldn't be surprised to see this this team be a very balanced offense, which just doesn't really help you when you're trying to bolster stats in a, in a super passing league. I think an interesting pick might be Dak. I was thinking Dak, honestly, just because he's going to – you feel like he's gonna Mike throw. McCarthy, they're just going to drop back like 80 times a game. <laughs> yeah, Same thing with Josh him. Allen to a certain extent. Is that Josh Allen, the Bills, they're just going to say, hey, Josh Allen, just go chuck the pill. And he's going to yeah. have the stats. If Dak doesn't get hurt last year, he has a chance of getting six thousand yards. I mean, <laughs> I like no, he like literally did like he was throwing for five hundred yards every game. And like if he gets if he gets back to that level, like or like somewhere around there, you know, he finishes the year with like fifty five hundred yards and forty plus touchdowns. Even if the Cowboys are not, you know, it, like let's say the Cowboys just make the playoffs as a wild card team or go like nine and eight, ten and seven. And Dak just has that stellar season. I think if it's just like some of the best numbers you've ever seen from a quarterback, just passing wise, I think they will just give it to him. But see, here's one dude I want to mention that I actually might take just because I freaking love him. Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson's finally going to get that MVP. Um, it's never going to happen. Mr. Unlimited. Um, it's never going to happen. Dude, the thing is, is that now the Seahawks, like everyone knows the Seahawks roster is just Russell Wilson carry us, just him and DK. Um, dude, if, if this team goes out there and just on the back of Russell Wilson just starts going crazy. But the thing was, like, that's how it started off last year. He was the MVP favorite through those first five or six games because he was throwing five touchdowns after a while. Then it got to a yeah. point, you know, Russell Wilson isn't God. And if you don't give him a good enough roster, <laughs> he's going to even, like, take a little bit of a dip, in which it did, and threw, it threw him out of the MVP com conversation. And that that's one he's thing. He's just I, so good. He oh, is so I, he's really ridiculously good. good. He's really good, but it's just I don't – to be MVP, you have to have a good roster with you. It doesn't matter. You know, like Aaron yeah. Rodgers had Devontae Adams. Like Matt Ryan had Julio Jones. Like it doesn't matter. Like Russ has DK and everything. He has the offensive weapons. It's just I it, like Chris Carson's banged up. And I don't know. The O-line sucks. I'm going like, to take Kyler the, again. The guys, I, I wanted to. I, I'm going to take Dak, dude. Honestly, I think Dak could, I think Dak could have got it done last year. The thing is with Kyler is that you just have the flashiness advantage, which it, it helps, man, when, when you're just doing sick stuff. It's like with the Heisman, right? You have to have your Heisman moment. Like, dude, yeah. Kyler Murray's going to be juking people out of their shoes, doing these crazy throws. Like, he's going to have the flash. He just needs the stats and, and a good enough record to back it up. 
and in third year in the league, I think we're going to see him explode. I mean, I like that pick. A favorite. I mean, Herbert would be interesting too. You know, you get him at the yeah, same. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't buy the Chargers, dude. I just don't. Well, buy you do it. the you do the second year quarterback thing. The second year quarterbacks were winning there for a couple of years in a row. You know, like true, you, you get, true. You you give it to old head and Aaron Rodgers last year, and now you go back to the second year quarterback and you give it to Herbert. Herbert's interesting. I, Herbert and Kyler at plus 2K a pop is nice. I, I really like that value because MVP in general is an absolute shit show. Just a lottery oh, yeah. ticket. Like, it's probably going to be one of these top guys, but all these top guys, it's, it's almost luck to a certain extent. Like, there are seasons where Russell Wilson could is putting up MVP numbers and he doesn't even get a vote. It's like, what the hell does this guy need to do? Does he literally need to turn water into wine to get a damn vote? Yeah. Like, yeah, he really does. <laughs> like, he's just carrying teams week in and week out every single game. He's just saving them. They're like, ah, doesn't even get a vote. Fuck him. <laughs> um, okay, let's do Offensive Rookie of the Year. It's going to be a quarterback, right? Unless all these quarterbacks yeah, it suck. It, it's, dude... Justin Jefferson had, like, the best rookie wide receiver season ever, and he did not win it. And then remember, um, even Zeke that one year, right? Did he win – he he didn't even win Offensive no, Rookie gave, of the Year. They, it was they, Dak. They, they gave him Offensive Dak. Player of the Year, right? Yeah, it was something weird. It, like, it was know. some Sometimes bullshit. Sometimes these they don't make any sense. Offensive Rookie of the Year is basically best rookie quarterback award. So who am I going to pick to be the best rookie quarterback? I might take Zach Wilson, honestly. What? Are you serious? Oh, I love Zach Wilson. I love Zach but Wilson. But, bro, but, bro, look at the Jets. Like, I was, like, looking at the Jets' schedule. I'm going to be honest with you, dude. I think I think four games is about all we're winning. Like, Oh, yeah. No, I agree. But that doesn't mean that Zach Wilson can't put up some good numbers. That's true. And the other thing, too, is that I feel like the Jets' offense is quite literally going to be Zach Wilson, carry us, please. And Trevor Lawrence is going to actually hand the ball off and have, like, a well-coached offense, which may actually help him. But, dude, I I like Zach Wilson a lot. When you just look at these numbers, though, it's like I'm just looking at the – I'm just looking at the lines, and it's like, all right, Justin – all right, so Justin Fields, who – might not even start, you know what I'm saying? So it's like we might not even see Justin Fields what till towards the end of the season. The, the Trey Lance, he's not, he's probably not going to start either. So it's like Mac Jones, he's not going to start. So it's like, and th- these are like the favorites. So it's really, I mean, if it's it's got to be a quarterback, it's you're literally just looking at Trevor Lawrence Too against nice. Zach Wilson, and at like plus two seventy at Trevor Lawrence versus plus seven hundred at Zach Wilson. I mean, you may as well take both of them at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would just like, I don't know. Like, so is there value? Hold on, real quick, Steve, because that's a good point. There is value taking both Wilson and Lawrence, just the two quarterbacks you know are starting day one, right? That's a legitimate strat. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. Yeah. It's a little ballsy, but if if we think that none of these other rookie quarterbacks are going to start early, like they have the the stats advantage off the get go. Yeah, like, I mean, is an offensive rookie of the year really going to win playing, like, the second half of the season or the tail? I don't know. That just that seems – I mean, it could happen with a Herbert thing, but 
you'd need a, well, a doctor to puncture another lung or one of these guys to get hurt. Yeah, that's the thing. Like Burrow tore his ACL, and then Herbert really just kind of took off. I think it would have been a little close too if Burrow would have stayed healthy. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean then, it's between those two guys. I, I think it's really yeah. I think it's got to be between those two guys because then you're really just betting on all right. Like if you take a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance, you're like all right, is my guy even gonna play? You know what I mean? That's like where you're at. You're so behind the eight ball. It's like. Am I even going to have a chance? You know what I mean? Where it's like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. You, I mean, you're live. Yeah. And then next up, you're going to have like Kyle Pitts and Harris and, and Devonta Smith and Jamar Chase. But like realistically, I mean, these are plus 1,700. You know what I mean? These are like lottery tickets at this point. So I don't know. What about Kellen Mon? Okay. So actually, no. Saquon and Alvin Kamara won it 2018 and 2017. Oh, yeah, Todd Gurley good. won it. Odell won it. Eddie Lacy. It's just recently, you know, the past couple of the past two years, it's just been the quarterback. And I mean, you last really, year, do you really see Najee Harris or like Devonta Smith like having a rookie a rookie of the year season? Like, I just don't see that. Like, I I don't know. I don't. I'm not sold. I'll on put my right money now. on the quarterback. Like, it's yeah. just like from from what we saw last year, the fact that Justin Jefferson didn't win it, it's just. Why am I gonna bet that? I'd I'd rather take Najee Harris because like, do they just hate the receivers? Like if if well, Zach Wilson or or one of these guys who you know they're probably gonna try and tailor the system to because that's just kind of the the meta nowadays. Like, dude, if they if they have if Zach Wilson goes out there and puts up thirty eight hundred yards, like he's gonna probably win it. Win it, you know? What does Najee well, Harris have to do? He legitimately has to go freaking crazy. Yeah, but granted, like Justin Jefferson <laughs> had a crazy year, but Justin Herbert did break the all-time rookie touchdown record too. It's not like he like yeah, you know, but Justin Jefferson broke a whole bunch of records too. If we're playing the records for records game, yeah, like, yeah, they yeah, were pretty yeah, even on it. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like Justin Jefferson was legitimately like top three, right, or top four, yeah. top five in receivers last year. Justin Herbert wasn't even top five in quarterbacks. Yeah. So I I mean it's just a quarterback driven league. They're gonna choose the quarterbacks over anything. But at the same Wait, time, it's, it's like if you look at the if you look at the schedules though for the Jets and the like for the Jets and the Jaguars, like the Jaguars, I feel like I don't know, I feel like the Jaguars They get to play the Texans twice. Yeah, they get to play big. the Texans yeah. twice. They get to play the Bengals early in the season. Like they, they, they get some some winnable games at when when it comes to the Jets, it just seems like a very uphill battle going up against our old quarterback on the road. You know, it's just like it might it might be too much, especially being on – they're both on really bad teams, but like being on the Jets, I mean, having to play the Pan, like the Panthers on the road, then the Patriots, the Broncos, the Titans, the Patriots again. Like it just gets – oh, the yeah, Bills, right. it just gets – you're gonna it's fall tough. behind, and the confidence is never gonna really build. I feel like for Zach Wilson, and like the, the Patriots and the Dolphins twice is rough. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll take Trevor Lawrence plus three hundred. I'll, I'll take it. Trevor Lawrence, give me it. Yeah, Just, I, I, Kyler I Murray won it well. not too long ago. Cam Newton won it. RG three won it. I'll I'll take the the stud quarterback. I'm shocked, dude, that Andrew Luck didn't win it his year. Um, I guess RG3 right? just went crazy. So, well, he had I'll the take Trevor Lawrence. And everything. Yeah, he had the flashy stuff. But I'll, I'll, I'll take Lawrence. Give me Lawrence. 
All right, let's go defensive rookie of the year. This one's really interesting. So Micah Parsons is the favorite. Um, See, I want to take a corner, but I feel like it is so hard to win defensive rookie of the year as a corner. Corner. Yeah, no, I feel like you need to be a linebacker or a pass rusher. I'm going to look up the list. When is the last time a corner's even won defensive rookie of the year? And, like, how many times recently? Because, like, Lattimore won it. Marcus Peters uh, won it. And that's really it recently. That's it. And then, like, those guys had legit insane seasons their rookie years. Yeah, you would need J.C. Horn to be a top-five corner. Because I feel like you're about to say J.C. Horn, because I I would, too. Like, plus 1,400 odds. But... It's just it's I just think, so hard. Yeah. Man. I'm going to go Hmm. I really like Zaven Collins. I was I think Zaven Collins has the stuff to do it year 1. I know they're starting middle linebacker. Um I can't his name is escaping me in Arizona. They're Hicks. Um he wants to go. He wants to leave. I, I, they may have cut him already, but either that or they're going to trade him. So Zayvon Collins apparently is going to be day one, the middle linebacker, a starting Mike linebacker, plus 1,200. This dude's got the instincts. I think he has the skill set, the tool set. I mean, Steed, you know, I was huge on Zayvon Collins in the draft. I thought that this guy is mm-hmm. like legitimately, you look at just defensive freaks, like this guy is good. You know, he, yeah. he, he's legit. In all phases, um, I'll take Zayvon Collins plus twelve hundred as the starting Mike linebacker. I think he'll rack up tackles and have a couple of those big flashy plays to give him it. I like. I kind of like Jameen Davis too. I like a Wosu yeah. Moa to get plus fourteen hundred. I think the only scary thing of taking a Wosu Moa is is like hard condition, but I'm not really like threatened by that. I mean. Wesley was a playmaker for Notre Dame, and he put him on a defense where, like, naturally makes plays. I think he could really evolve and become that outright winner. But then again, like, it could just be Micah Parsons. Like, it, yeah, it could. He's he's just he's a beast. He's in a defense where you know they need a linebacker, and he easily fills that hole, and he'll play all, all sides of the field. Here's one guy. Here's a lottery ticket that I want to shout out. And that's um, Baron Browning, the new uh, Broncos inside linebacker from Ohio State. I think that Baron Browning, as a complete dart throw option for defensive rookie of the year, could be all right. Mm. I, I think he'll play day one. He'll be at that Mike linebacker spot or one of those linebacker spots. So I'm thinking that he'll be in a position on a really talented defense to kind of just rack up tackles and rack up some stats. Um, okay. So he's someone that I would look at for for defensive rookie of the year for if you're looking for one of those lottery ticket really good odds kind of guys, um, especially because this year they're really had you know the past couple of seasons there's been that stud pass rusher that's like okay well day one this guy's going to be an absolute monster you know it, it was Chase Young last year and then Bosa the year before you don't have that this year. So mm-hmm. you're probably you're not going to have that dude that's already a fan favorite that's going to come in and just be an absolute beast day one. There are guys that definitely can, right? You have like Quiddy Pie and Jalen Phillips who definitely have a shot, but that's also priced in to a certain extent. So as as a potential dart throw, I like Baron Browning. 
It's interesting. A lot of these D-backs on this list are kind of just a bait, it feels like. Um, Chaz Surratt could be interesting in Carolina. I think he's legit, but I think he's a little too raw. He's like He was a freaking quarterback um, switching. So I, I think that that's – I'll go with uh, Zayvon Collins 1, Jamin Davis 2, Baron Browning 3. That's my list. Like All right, that. defensive player of the year. Who are you guys thinking? Uh, oh, Dan, real quick. Dan, do you, who, who I don't do you have like any, for defensive I, rookie of the year? I don't have any take on defensive rookie of the year. I like the – um the dude, I don't know. I just like – I honestly like the corner that the Broncos took, but I don't know if he's going to be able to – I don't – I mean, is he going to be able to win rookie of the year? Probably not. Uh, it's it's tough. I, I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell you. That's, that's to me, I, I have absolutely no opinion on that. What about Caleb Farley, too? You talk about a guy that, like, was legit. He'll get time year one. He's going to ask to be the guy if he's healthy, maybe. Yeah. Um, all right, I let's do defensive, rookie, or defensive player of the year. Any got? takes? Because I got a guy. Go ahead with your guy. My punch TJ Watt. He's going to get it this year. It. Dude's a monster. Give me TJ. He deserved it, not deserved it. Aaron Donald's just insane, but I'll take TJ Watt. I kind of like that. A little bit I of like a TJ Watt. But... I, I mean, I still love Miles Garrett where he's at. Aaron Donald, of course. Chase Young. I mean, you're getting pretty good odds for Chase Young to really just come in and be an elite force. Like a, maybe a more of a dart throw, like Darius Leonard for the Colts. You know, you yeah, that's a good one. Good. He is insane. Like yeah, I just like I like him a lot. I think that could be a, like a pretty nasty pick. I I like that Darius Leonard shot a lot. Dan, what about you? You got any defensive player of the year guys that you like? Mm, I'm not a big defensive guy, so I not, I really don't. I like your pick. I'm going with your pick, Mike. I like your pick. All right, comeback player of the year. I know mine instantly. Saquon <laughs> Barkley. Oh, really? I would. Is he is he the favorite? It's got to be Dak. No, right? Dak is the favorite. I think yeah. Saquon Barkley is going to absolutely explode this year. I think the dude's going to go for like 2K yards, honestly. Um, Giants offensive line is finally where it needs to be. He's going to be coming back with vengeance, dude. Saquon Barkley, I feel like, is going to be a freaking monster. Well, let's say this. If Dak Prescott's playing like an MVP level, is it possible possible for him to win both? Has that happened before? Like, I'm just curious. Like, if he's playing so good, uh, you know what I mean? If he's playing – so, because it's kind of like you're basically betting that he's going to play really, really good, and it's like he'll fall short of MVP, you know what I mean? Like, Well, what, did, did Peyton win that – that comeback player of the year and MVP that season he played for the Broncos. I'm not sure. Was was that even his MVP year that first year back? Um, let's see. When when what year did he win the MVP? 2014, right? I'm trying to look it up. I remember I tried to look this up before on a way earlier episode, and it just lied to me. 2013. Let's see 2013. if he won Comeback Player of the Year. Okay, so he, he won Comeback Player of the Year in 2012, 
but then MVP in 2013. Okay. So, no, he did not. I I, I guess that ha- – I'm not sure that's ever happened then, Dan. That's yeah, a good I point. Like, I feel like they wouldn't do that. I feel like that's just – they wouldn't double dip that at those awards, so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I taking Saquon. Take CMC. I, I think I'm taking CMC over Saquon. I'm taking McCaffrey. James Winston, any James Winston truthers? James Winston just starts chucking the pill for like 8,000 yards and 90 touchdowns with only like 25 picks this time. What are the odds on that? Plus 3,300. That's not bad. That's honestly not a bad. He the same odds as Tebow. Yeah, that's not a a... (laughs) bad. No way. No way. (laughs) I'm looking at him now. He has the same odds as Tebow. No way he has the same odds as Tebow. Realistically, betting pros. Tebow's not seeing any playing time, realistically, right? <laughs> no shot. I don't yeah, think I so. But yeah, I'm I'm rooting for him, dude. He is the same odds as Jameis Winston, and on the same sports book, his over under on receiving yards for the season is twelve and a half yards. How, How does that? that make any sense? His over under <laughs> is twelve and a half yards. <laughs> What the heck? <laughs> Dude, he gets he gets like four catches and they're like comeback player of the year. Fuck it. Like Tim Tebow. <laughs> you know who might be a decent dart throw for comeback player of the year is Derwin James. Yeah, it could be interesting. Because you just get like a top you get one of the best safeties in the league coming back and if he's playing like at his defensive player of the year caliber, you know, and like these other guys aren't performing as well. They could go him. Okay. Last one. Last one before we end it. We got like four minutes left. Coach of the year. Who are we taking coach of the year? I'm going McVay. I'm a Rams truther now. I'm basically a Rams fan. That makes sense. I'm kind of going with you there. That kind of makes sense. I think the Rams are going to emerge the second NFC team. I'm with you. Because I feel like with Coach of the Year, they'll give it to someone. Like, if you change not, – like, not that the Rams were a bad team last year. It's just they, like, made the playoffs in the last day. If they go out and get the one seed in the NFC, which I don't think is terribly out of the question, he's I think he's Coach of the Year. Who won it again last year? Was it uh, that Dolphins guy, Brian Flores? Was it Flores? Let's see. No, it was Stefanski. It was, of course, it was Stefanski. Interesting. So yeah, you you have to be a team that was like kind of trash or like just be insane. Um. What well, what about Belichick? I you was know, about to I'm say Belichick. Belichick. I'm taking yeah, Belichick. I, I think Belichick has he even won the coach of the year. I feel like they just don't give it to him a lot because they're like, listen, dude, like, you, you've already got all the Super Bowls. Oh, no, what yes. do you need Coach of the Year for? Like, <laughs> he, won, he won in 2003, 07, 2010. So oh, yeah. That makes sense. He has to oh, go dude, undefeated. This <laughs> yeah, this is perfect because 2009, they missed the playoffs, remember? Because Brady got hurt, right? And then 2010, they go back to the playoffs and then they give it to Belichick. You get the Patriots missing the playoffs, and then they get back to the playoffs this exactly, year. Then it's Belichick. Exactly. Belichick's easy, easy money. I, I, yeah, I'm taking Belichick. 
plus eighteen hundred. He's got the same odds as Arthur Smith. <laughs> <laughs> dark horse too, Joe Judge. Just saying. Yeah, Joe Judge could be a dark horse. I'm surprised they didn't give it to Ron Rivera last year. Yeah, but I thought no, he I, won, I, I don't know. I thought Stefanski definitely deserved it. Yeah, yeah. I love, Stefanski's the favorite. Like, no, has anyone ever two-peated coach of the year? Because they base it off they base they base it off regular season success, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so like then it's kind of tough unless he goes, you know, seventeen and zero. Like yeah, he, he literally has to go freaking nuts. Yeah, um, so I I, I kind of like Belichick. You know, you get him at the same odds as Arthur Smith. Like, you know, the Patriots have a way better chance of making the playoffs than Arthur Smith. So, and so no, I, I really like Belichick. I think it's a I'll great little check. pick. All right. Well, that's all the probes. Uh, we got anything else to talk about? We've got like a minute and a half left, so we don't really have time. Um, so I guess we'll end it here. Oh, last – wait, last last one we didn't cover this for week one QB for the Broncos. Did, did we cover this? Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, or any other at plus 220? I just wanted to hear what – I actually wanted uh, to hear I don't what think you guys did. Yeah, I think we skipped this one. I just wanted to hear quickly what you guys thought. Uh, Drew Lockett plus 145, Bridgewater plus 145, so dead even. And then any other, I'm guessing, is just basically Aaron Rodgers at plus 220. I was just wondering what you guys thought. About I have that. no idea. <laughs> Apparently Aaron like, Rodgers is dead set on not playing, so I'll, I'll take any other. Yeah, I'll take any other. Just say, like, the Broncos are the favorite. They get Rodgers. Plus 220. Gotcha. Screw it. Why not? Like, I'll take any other. Rodgers is a guy they're like they're the favorite. Yeah, if Rod Rogers seems like a kind of guy too. He's got his mindset. He's he's gonna follow through with it. So I just really find it hard for him to stay a Packer. All right. Well, that's gonna do it from us here. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you're on the Twitch, hit us with a cheeky follow. Check out Dan. What, what's your? In it's 4K Sports, right? 4K, 4K Sports, Sports Clan. Clan. Yep. Yeah, check out Dan on, on Instagram, 4K Sports Clan. He has a lot of success on there, so you're interested in getting free picks or picks in general, hit his, hit his Instagram up. Um, our socials have been going crazy in the, in the thing already, but thank you so much for listening, and peace out.